2: My God King! It's episode number 22 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the comprehensive and exhaustive look at the life, career, and works of actor Eric Roberts. I'm Doug Tilly, and it's, as I'm sure my co-host Liam O'Donnell already knows, Wrestlemania season! How do you feel about that, Liam? Uh,
0: cautiously ambiguous.
2: Now, you have mentioned on previous episodes, Liam, that you are not a fan of professional wrestling.
0: I mean, it's not that I have an issue, but Uh I I certainly don't qualify as a fan. I don't keep up with it. I only know the names of a few people. I do have an Ultramantis black shirt on right now, uh, partly because we were doing the wrestling episode, partly because we make them at my work. So I just was like, oh, wait, I like that shirt.
2: Tell me a little bit more about this. What is this all about your work?
0: So I I work part time at a uh, printing shop called lehigh valley apparel creations and the the owner of said company chris reject is a big fan of wrestling uh especially local stuff and one of the wrestlers we print for uh who also has a band a hardcore band uh is a guy named ultramantis black and uh he recently designed a shirt that looks like an old evolution record shirt and i thought it looked sick and even though i don't watch wrestling i just i got a shirt i got a shirt
2: now liam i'm I'm an old man. When you say sick, you mean something good, right? Yes, so good, so good. Well, speaking of so good, Eric Roberts is the fucking man, episode number 22, and we don't just bring up professional wrestling willy-nilly. We never would do that. It actually ties into the theme of today's show, which is all about Eric Roberts, the actor, appearing in movies with professional wrestlers. That's exciting, isn't it, uh, Liam? It's great. It's great. Well, I know how happy that makes you. And really it it would be a fine respite after the pummeling that the both of us took on the last episode thanks to a movie which will remain nameless called Dark Moon Rising.
0: The worst movie that I think I've ever watched the it, whole movie. It was of. a
2: piece of fucking garbage. But we're going to we've we've cleansed our palate. Because of WrestleMania season we've been able to cleanse our palate, but we're not going to do it alone. Because our topic today is man grappling We've brought on the grappliest man I know from parts unknown aka Iowa. It's Mr. Matt Hollinger. How you doing today, Matt? I am
1: doing great. How are the two of you?
2: I'm Oh, don't, don't talk. Don't refer to both of us. Just one of us at a time. Otherwise, we'll end up talking all over each other.
1: Oh god, I wouldn't want to do that. No,
2: Matt. Most, mostly
0: Doug. Just see, mostly
2: it Doug. It just happened just then. Good one, Matt. <laughs>
1: I've already ruined the podcast. I apologize profusely.
2: Well, to be honest, it was kind of running out of steam anyway. Matt, what do you know about professional wrestling? I think it's amusing that your first name is Matt, like a wrestling Matt.
1: That's probably the extent of my knowledge, is that uh-huh. I share a name with the canvas that they work upon. Um, God, I've watched professional wrestling my whole life. I, I work in professional wrestling, I do ring announcing, I do color commentary. For uh, various companies around the Midwest. Uh, I've been doing that for a few years now. I, God, I'm obsessed with wrestling and it's kind of sad.
2: What's the I'm key? What's the key to a quality professional wrestling match?
1: It, it's all about the little things. Uh, you know, guys, guys think it's all about doing cool moves and, and looking cool out there. It's, it's all about making your opponent look good. You know, if you want to have a good match, make your opponent look as good as possible.
2: It's funny that you are a color commentator for professional wrestling organizations, because today you're going to be acting as a color commentator for Eric Roberts. What do you think about that?
1: This is probably my most exciting color
2: commentary, gig. (laughs) Now, that then leads to the next most important question. What is your lifetime experience with Eric Roberts? Now, we know that you've spent your entire life obsessing about professional wrestling. Have you spent as much time obsessing about Eric Roberts?
1: Well, who hasn't? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, growing up, Eric Roberts, I, to me, he was just Julia Roberts's head brother that was in <laughs> Best of the Best. Um, you know, eventually, I, I started noticing him popping up in other roles. You know, when I worked as a teenager at a video store, I saw him in The Pope of Greenwich Village and uh, several other movies. When I, you
2: were working at a video store, what was the most popular Eric Roberts movie? Oh god. Um
1: <laughs> I don't know that there were any popular Eric Roberts movies uh hmm. in
2: the in the very early 2000s. Well, that of course can't possibly be true. I mean, he had an exhaustive filmography even at that time. I, he
1: did, I not certainly not as uh exhaustive as it's been during the <laughs> Roberts renaissance of the last several years, but I I honestly don't know what his most popular movie would have been at the time Maybe
2: Spun? Maybe I think of this, this now, say from 2010 onwards As being the Attitude Era for Eric Roberts' career uh, And we're in the midst of it right now And we're so lucky to be able to enjoy So many of these Eric Roberts movies That seem to be released on literally a weekly basis Matt Hollinger, what is your favorite Eric Roberts movie? My
1: favorite Eric Roberts movie? Jesus, um, I, I wish I had thought about that. I know
2: um, how. What What were the chances I was going to ask you that question? You what could
1: not know. You couldn't know. What were the chances? I would say, God, there was a little movie that came out last year about
2: Vietnamese werewolves. That I really enjoyed. <laughs> it is a classic. A new. Ah, uh, oh, That uh from Liam suggests that maybe we should move on from this conversation about Eric Roberts And it's a good thing you made that uh sound Liam Because there's so much news to talk about this week It is really a ridiculous amount of news Which means we have to start the Roberts Report The Roberts Report, my wife's favorite part of the show She came up to me a few days ago and said I was listening to an episode of your show Why is the Roberts Report so long? And I said, fuck off, wife <laughs> Because I have the power to do so for several minutes before she murders me But on this episode <laughs> of the of the uh, Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast There really is a lot of Roberts Report news uh, And we should start with the fact And now this is... Uh, this. Might make not make me very popular with listeners, but both of you, you can agree or disagree. The United States right now, it's kind of fucked up. Would you agree with that,
0: Liam? I think that's fair. I mean, I it's hard to hear that coming from you, mm-hmm. you awful maple uh-huh. hockey loving, weird talking, fake America, Canadian. Uh huh. But then again, you're right.
2: Now Hollinger, how do you feel about that? I. I think you're a
1: Goofy Noofy, and (laughs) America is indeed a shithole, though. All right. well, It's it's just going to hell. Yeah,
2: it's going to hell in a handbasket. now. But we have to focus on the positives while your country's turn into a complete pile of shit. One of the positives that have happened recently is a coming together, just like this podcast is a coming together of the nation of Canada and the nation of the United States of America – Recently, our prime minister, our recently elected prime minister, Justin Trudeau, came down to the United States of America to visit your president. I don't know what his name is. I don't pay attention to politics, but uh, apparently he's very popular around your area. And they came together and had a little meeting. Did you hear about this,
0: Liam? I did hear. Well, I I heard a little bit about it Um, because I saw the word Canada. I ignored it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I hear you guys have some sort of like hot french guy is that right yeah we decided that instead of
2: electing someone qualified we just picked the hottest guy and pick and let him run the country and honestly he's doing pretty well so far i mean that's not a bad plan i don't i don't have i don't hate it now i have to ask you now hollinger of the current potential candidates for the united states presidency in 2016 who do you think is the most attractive
1: Holy shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, uh, Marco Rubio, maybe,
2: I guess, by default. Liam, do you agree with that?
0: It's really hard because how do I discount the fact that he's a trash human? Right. Do I I not let that affect... If, if, If I don't know anything about these people... And we're talking only about the people still in the race. Let's clearly, judge them solely by their
2: looks, just like we do everything else in the world.
0: Yeah, he doesn't look like the Zodiac Killer, and he's not an old man. So he's clearly the most obviously, you know, attractive one. All right. But it's really hard to admit that.
1: Well, if only Martin O'Malley hadn't dropped out of the race. Very
0: <laughs> Martin O'Malley was so hot. Oh, my God. Well, I, maybe maybe make
2: a, a, a late... Re-entry into the race uh, Well, we were mentioning just a moment ago That your president, Barack Obama Met with Justin Trudeau And they had like a big dinner And uh, and Twitter is a buzz about the bromance Between the two of them And I even hate using that word But what other word could be more appropriate For the love between the leaders of these two countries Than bromance But within this bromance There was a series of gifts exchanged And McLean's Magazine here in Canada They listed what gifts were given Between... Your president and our prime minister And vice versa And one of these things ties in Believe it or not To Eric Roberts How, how excited are you by the fact that I just said that Liam uh. Yeah okay So for Michelle Obama She received a blue beaded cape From a fourth generation indigenous artist Named uh, Tammy Beauvais Of Conakway, Quebec And uh, they, apparently it has Three glass beads on the cape Once belonging to the designer's great grandmother But this is notable, because Beauvais' work is also popular with celebrities, including Robert De Niro. Huh? Bad Grandpa himself. Is it Bad Grandpa or Dirty Grandpa? Dirty
0: Grandpa. Uh, Yeah, Dirty Grandpa.
2: Dirty Grandpa. Grandpa
1: was Johnny Knoxville. That's right.
2: Right? Robert De Niro, the Bad Dirty Grandpa, who owns a satin Tree of Peace Native Design vest, and as well, Julia Roberts' brother, actor Eric Roberts. Awesome. This came up in my Eric Roberts Google Alert, and I was so excited to be able to turn to politics because this, of course, isn't just a WrestleMania-themed episode. It's also a politics-themed episode. Well, as exciting as that is, and that is very exciting, the most exciting news of the day that we're recording this is something that I ended up researching for several hours today because I came upon an interview with a gentleman who has a new online television station i guess or online media conglomerate devoted to marijuana which i understand is a very popular drug of some sort now marijuana has been used by people for i guess decades and now it's becoming very very popular and there's a uh, a website where it has a lot of content about smoking weed and one of the pieces of that content is hosted by Eric Roberts he has a he has a series, I guess you would call it, of like one and a half minute videos called What Are You Smoking," Where Eric Roberts, who looks like he just came in like off the street and got pushed in front of a camera He <laughs> talks about dumb people who smoked marijuana and then got in trouble Now, Liam, I watched a couple of these segments And I did send them over to the both of you uh, I'm going to start with you, Hollinger Did you watch any of these how, What Are You Smoking" segments?
1: I watched every segment of
2: it. Now, what is your review of What Are You Smoking"?
1: I, I thought it was greatly entertaining. I loved the story about the uh, elementary school teacher or middle school teacher, whoever it was, that accidentally ingested a bunch of pot brownies and had to go to the hospital.
2: <laughs> now, I, I I can't help but notice uh, or can't help but mention on this episode, because it is wrestling related, that one of the other contributors to the website is Mr. Rob Van Dam. How surprising is that, Hollinger?
1: That is absolutely shocking. <laughs> I had no idea he was into marijuana. That uh, It's... Just mind blowing.
0: Liam, what are you smoking? Uh, I'm currently sipping Diet Blackberry Sweet Tea.
2: Is that the same thing? It is exactly the same thing. Now, did you watch any of these Eric Roberts led segments?
0: No, uh, I don't get potted up on weed. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, actually, I was just, I I was busy driving around a lot today, Mm -hmm. busy, didn't get a chance to watch them. I actually would like to watch them because I find it amusing that eric roberts is is doing this but to be fair i as someone who doesn't smoke it don't really know a whole lot about weed so i I wouldn't know if the show is any good or whatever well i can tell you right now on on this podcast that it's a great show in the
2: sense that it's like six segments that are a minute and a half each so you can you you can watch all of them very very quickly um it is very strange actually to watch it (laughs) it's really weird To see Eric Roberts calling people like boneheads and stuff for getting high outside a police station or something like that But if that sounds like something that would appeal to you, look in the show notes of this very episode And we will link you to this new weed-based multimedia network so you can watch the videos yourself Which of course Liam is going to do after the show because we're going to have to talk about these in depth On a future episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man Because why, Liam?
0: We took a blood oath to watch everything
2: a blood oath to watch everything and All of it. I didn't realize that that would include pot-based uh, media segments for a short-lived website. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> but that it does. That, it includes Un- Unexpected that. blessing. Unexpected blessing. Now, the biggest news on social media this week regarding Eric Roberts had to do with his comments about one Mr. Robert Pattinson, who is the star of a series of films about sparkly vampires called Twilight. Liam, I'm sure you're, you're aware of this.
0: Uh, no, I actually have no idea what you're talking about
2: Okay, well, Twilight is this franchise based on a series of books by some Mormon <laughs> fucking weirdo and-, <laughs> and they were very, very popular, and they started a gentleman named Robert Pattinson Who proceeded after making these movies to just make fun of them all the time Which made him more popular with people online who don't like to like things. So when they heard him being mean about something that made him popular, they started to like him a lot more. Is that am I about right on that, Hollinger?
1: That that sounds right to me. I'm not particularly familiar with this uh with this series. I, I only watch You know, these fantasy movies starring Vietnamese werewolves, Uh not the uh, sparkly vampires and sexy, bare-chested werewolves. Well, you
2: got to turn off the blinders. And in fact, now that you do say that, Hollinger, I I recall that we may have mentioned Twilight on the most recent episode of uh, Eric Roberts is the Viking Man. I might be wrong about that. But anyway, Robert Pattinson is apparently working in some capacity, and there's no real details on this, with Eric Roberts right now. And that led Eric Roberts to tweet, Robert Pattinson, perhaps the kindest most pro zen comfortable actor i've ever worked with so sweet and laughs so easily humble open eric roberts did tweet that about robert pattinson and people went wild about eric roberts opinions on robert pattinson it it does seem like maybe they're having a good solid relationship together it sounds to me liam that this might be some sort of hollywood movie featuring eric roberts
0: that would get me i guess excited i mean robert pat robert Pattinson? Is that right? Pattinson. Yeah, I keep wanting to say Pattinson, which doesn't make any more sense. Robert Paddington. Than... Paddington. Yeah. So I feel like Eric Roberts' movie with Paddington Bear mm-hmm. is going to be really good. I mean, well, at least in the idea that uh, it should be a bigger film. So the movie that Robert Pattinson and Eric Roberts apparently
2: are going to be in together is called Good Time and is about a bank robber who finds himself unable to evade those who are looking for him. And it's a crime drama, which uh, the IMDb actually doesn't have any specific details about when that's showing up. That, by the way, will be our, uh, our IMDb addition to this episode as well because I didn't pull out another one. But I do have one more piece of fascinating Eric Roberts-based information, and it's a twofer because it's both about Eric Roberts and our also, also our other favorite actor, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is joining Viaplay's First original production Now if you don't know what Viaplay is It's the leading Nordic streaming service And part of the MTG group Whatever the fuck that is But they're having their own series It's like a streaming service in the Nordic countries And it's going to be called Swedish Dicks And Keanu Reeves is going to appear (laughs) In a number of episodes of this comedy series Which stars Peter Stormari, Who of course everyone I'm sure listening to this Knows from uh, movies like Fargo And Constantine and the television show Prison Break and Johan Glanz, who is a Johan? Johan, I guess, but maybe there it's Johan instead. But uh, and he is the number one comedian in Sweden. So Swedish dicks is going to be shooting in Los Angeles and will premiere exclusively on Viaplay this fall. So it might be really difficult for us to track down Liam, but we will because we made a blood oath. But this is interesting. Besides. Uh, Stormari Glanz and uh, Keanu Reeves the cast includes Actors like Vivian Bang Whoever the fuck that is Felicia Cooper Tracy Lords And Eric Roberts Tracy
0: Lords Yeah, what, yeah. what's wrong with Tracy Lords I just haven't heard from her I mean I, I I couldn't name anything she did after Crybaby Well
2: that's a shame Because she's been working consistently Since then <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, Miss Lords. I think she she didn't shock him dead I think she might have been But that sounds very exciting Uh, Peter Stormari, who actually just recently on his Twitter feed Posted a photo of him with Eric Roberts Which suggests that they are filming that Or have been filming that very recently And Eric Roberts, a purgatory reunion What do you think about that, Hollinger? Will you be checking out that show Whose name escapes me?
1: The show is called Swedish Dicks. Swedish I don't know how Dicks, you forget that. Mm-hmm. It's a show called Swedish Dicks starring a guy named Glans. Yeah, I, that seems just a little too ironic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. I'm gonna try to find it.
2: It's a great mix of light and dark humor, says this uh, press release. Both silly and smart comedy, which makes it a blast to shoot. So you you are saying Hollinger that you will check out Swedish Dicks starring Keanu Reeves and Eric Roberts.
1: I am going to do whatever I can to get a hold of Swedish dicks.
2: <laughs> Liam O'Donnell, what do you think about the career of Keanu Reeves lately?
0: Well, I mean, John Wick, that was great. Yes. Like, that is, uh, uh, it was well done, it, you know, whatever, whatever. I we all love it. John Wick. We'll praise it. Was, it I can praise habit. it forever. Um, I don't know that I loved, uh, what was the martial arts film that he was in recently? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Man no. of Tai Chi, is yes, that right? Yes, I think that's correct. Uh, the It was fine. He was fine in it, but he wasn't great. My worry is, that I, I my only anxiety about him is that because of uh, John Wick doing so well, all of a sudden work starts to fly his way. And I just feel like his actual range is not that much. So I don't want him casting things that are actually a bad idea. John Wick really works for him. Other roles, maybe ones where he speaks a lot. Are not necessarily things that I think are his strong suit.
2: Yeah, he just was just in a, a movie like over the last couple of weeks that was released in the UK, and I think it made some sort of record low amount of money. And then he was Ugh. in that Eli Roth movie as well, which I have not seen yet. Mostly, it's because, actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it because it was directed by Eli Roth, and that's enough of a reason for me not to watch it. <laughs> but uh, but Keanu Reeves. Doing a lot of interesting projects, and I see what you're saying, Liam. I'd rather him continue to try to do interesting stuff rather than, you know, end up making The Matrix 5 or something like that.
0: There's always someone who's like, oh, John Wick did well. Now we should put Keanu Reeves in a romantic comedy. Or we should, yeah, like you said, do a sequel to something that doesn't need a sequel. There's always someone who gets the wrong lesson from the movie doing well.
2: Let's let's go back to the lake house. Return to the lake house. The lake house was a romantic
0: yeah no. yeah, no, that's great, yeah.
2: yeah So we could make a sequel with Keanu no, Reeves No, that's that be, uh, Yeah, that sounds good Hollinger, would you watch a romantic comedy in 2016 with Keanu Reeves?
1: Uh, it depends on who the leading lady was The leading lady,
2: Mr. Eric Roberts <laughs> I would watch the shit out of Well, that's good I almost just choked because of that <laughs> It's Mrs. Tracy Lords and Mr. Eric Roberts It's one. It's a sort of a three-way deal romantic comedy I'd watch it
1: I'm gonna try to watch it in my dreams tonight
2: That's right, and it will be yeah. it will be called Swedish Dicks Anyway, that's all the news that we have on this week's Roberts Report A lot of exciting, upcoming stuff featuring Eric Roberts Possible big-time, good-time movie Swedish streaming television show or whatever And, of course, his new weed-based entertainment conglomerate we're going to take a break in just a minute. But before we do that, I want you, Matt Hollinger, to tell us what we're going to be discussing today. We are going to be discussing two
1: semi-okay, mm-hmm. maybe not terrible, but also <laughs> not good movies. Uh-huh. Uh, Hunt, 2010's Hunt to Kill, starring Stone Cold Steve Austin. And 2015's sequel
2: to The Condemned,
1: starring professional wrestler Randy Orton. yes.
2: Hunt to Kill from 2010, and The Condemned 2 from 2015, which a lot of people have been asking us to talk about. Well, we're going to talk about it on this special wrestling-themed episode of Eric Roberts' The Fucking Man Brother. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Hunt to Kill. Woo!
1: Cross the border by foot. She's dead if you don't. You have three weeks without food out here, but only three days without water. You really are Mr. Survival. I just want to give her. Safe.
2: So are you gonna do something or what?
0: Now, His territory.
2: His rules. From 2010, Hunt to Kill, directed by Keone Waxman. The director of 2016's End of a Gun Starring Steven Seagal 2015's Absolution Starring Steven Seagal 2014's A Good Man Starring Steven Seagal And 2013's Force of Execution Starring Steven Seagal And also the director of the Steven Seagal TV show True Justice But this movie Hunt to Kill from 2010 Does not feature Steven Seagal It features Stone Cold Steve Austin As a US Border Patrol agent Named Jim Rhodes Who is mourning the loss of his murdered partner Played by Eric Roberts while struggling to raise his rebellious daughter in the mountains of British Columbia, aka Montana in this movie. Uh but when a crew of trigger happy fugitives takes Rhodes and his daughter hostage, a rugged wilderness will explode in all terrain vengeance. Hunt to Kill from 2010. Gentlemen, we need to first talk about what you thought about this movie. And because Hollinger's our guest, Hollinger, what did you think of Hunt to Kill?
1: I don't know what to think of Hunt to Kill. It uh-huh. wasn't a bad movie. It was boring as all hell.
2: Uh-huh. It was
1: like a it was like a long version of a Walker Texas Ranger episode.
2: That's bit, what it felt like. A very me. long <laughs> episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could t- totally see how that might uh, might seem to be the case. It is very reflective of a certain kind of straight-to-DVD, straight-to-Blu-ray-style movie, which is, there are elements of it that are very familiar. You know, it feels like an amalgam of a lot of different action movies, uh, but not with as much style or flair as those other movies might bring. But that's just Hollinger's opinion. What do you think, Liam?
0: I was surprised how little of the film was entertaining. Um, (laughs) Just in the... Oh, oh, because... on paper, you know, uh, I I don't necessarily appreciate the acting talent of uh, our man Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? But I don't, I don't, I don't love him as an actor. However, I figure that he might put out a movie that was kind of badass. There'd be a lot of badass moments, lots of explosions, and tough things happening. Sure. And I found a lot of the film though there. It starts with some Eric Roberts goodness and an explosion. Um, a lot of the film is, is very boring, just not that interesting. Uh, and that was a surprise for me. There are still a few moments that were great that I thought were legitimately, ridiculously cool. But for the most part, I I was just surprised at the bland sandwich that I was handed that was Hunt to Kill.
2: Bland sandwich, says Liam O'Donnell. I, I do have to to... Agree for the most part with the both of you I don't think I disliked it as much As the two of you, I didn't really find it that Boring, it's just that I was Waiting for it to turn, you know The whole movie is all about how Steve Austin is this great wilderness man, so you're waiting For him to be in a situation where he Just starts killing off all these bad guys And that eventually does happen, but it's Like three quarters of the way into the movie And up to that point, he is made to look Like a fucking fool again And again and again, it'll be like Ah, try to get my daughter free, and they'll get punched in the face thirty times. And it's like, shouldn't have tried to do that. And then he'll like he'll try to run away, and then he gets like the shit beat out of him. It's like, sorry, buddy. I guess you got to keep coming with us. It just was. It's so much buildup that it it takes so long to get to when it actually something interesting happens. That you're liable to really lose interest in things before it happens. That said, the the structure of the movie is something I can kind of respect, right? I mean, that idea of this. Wilderness expert Who has it over these Big city criminals who don't really know What they're doing and he you know his original plan Is to take them into the woods and kind of tire Them out by just walking them further And further it's really only that His daughter is such a giant pain in the ass That ends up uh, kind of screwing over a lot Of those plans she's just the worst by the way Can we all agree that that daughter is the worst Fuck her
0: yeah There's literally nothing endearing about her She's never given a scene where she's like
2: even nice or kind or even their their reconciliation doesn't really come from a real place it's only that she's been beat up and sexually abused so much that she's like boy i guess i'm gonna stick with my daddy i bet he's gonna give her like one of those virginity promise rings now just to make sure that everything turns
0: out okay well they're from montana what are you gonna fucking expect Um, i i i think the what i the movie was going so much in a negative direction like the the steve austin character make so many poor decisions. It's just a series of bad decisions <laughs> that I started to think, maybe this is going to be a tragedy. Maybe nothing's going to work out and everyone's going to end up dead. And then I started to get really stoked on that idea, like that was actually the <laughs> coolest possible solution, so that when things kind of work out at the end, I think I was a little disappointed. It was kind of like, oh, they should at least kill the daughter or something.
2: Yes, they should have killed the daughter. That's very good. Now, this being a wrestling-themed podcast, let's talk on a bigger scale about professional wrestlers as actors Hollinger give us a short history of all the professional wrestlers Who have ever acted
1: Oh Jesus mm-hmm. um, I It, it starts with, with Roddy Piper I suppose is the most successful or At least artistically successful I mean Shit is that even the right The right <laughs> phrase was he artistically successful He was in Hell
2: Comes to Frogtown That's pretty successful to me
1: That That is as artistically successful as a man can get um, I mean he was great uh, Dwayne Johnson is fantastic now that Hollywood's kind of figured out what to do with him. Um, I I think Bautista has a pretty big future. I (laughs) I really enjoyed the movie you did last year with Robert De Niro, uh, Heist. Uh, Who else is out there? Um,
2: Randy Orton. (laughs) John (laughs) Cena, of course. John Cena in the last year has had some small appearances in some successful films like Trainwreck and that Tina Fey, Amy Poehler movie. Yeah, he was excellent in
1: Trainwreck. I mm-hmm. mean, as a comedic actor, he's he's definitely got something. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin is a halfway decent actor. I think he was probably miscast in this movie. I don't know that the badass action hero is really his his forte. I, I think his body's just too that, to shit. That's exactly
2: point. it. That's, I'm glad that you brought that up, Hollinger, because all I could think about watching Hunt to Kill, was that every scene in which he had to run, it looked, it like, looked he, like he had a
1: pants, it looks like his pants were full of shit. It yeah, right. Terrible.
2: Exactly, because that guy's knees are fucked, right? Like, yeah. totally fucked. Yeah, I,
1: I not, mean... He, 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 go ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I just, the the scene that really got under my skin was his fight scene with the one guy who could fight, the martial arts guy. <laughs> the scene Gary was based, the, yeah, the scene that was basically like, how many times can Steve Austin get kicked in the face and we're supposed to believe that he just shakes it off? He's just multiple kicks in the face. He's just like, oh, that hurt. All right, let's keep, let's keep going. <laughs> I can't. I can't with that. I just could not. I This is not my thing. Now, Liam, what was your favorite
2: wrestling performer acting performance? Let's try that again. Liam, what movie featuring a professional wrestler is your favorite?
0: Well that's easy. That's They Live. That's one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Okay. So that's not even a fair competition in in a way. Uh I I don't I don't want to discount uh the Rocky 3 appearance of Hulk Hogan. Thunderlips. As Thunderlips. <laughs> um but no, I mean uh I have a lot of respect for uh Dwayne Johnson, I guess we should call him now, is that what we should call him now? I like to call um, him Dwayne "The Rock" Johnson. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I think, again, like you guys mentioned, Cena's taken a comedic turn. I think that works for him. I think he could really make that work uh, in a in a very real way. I'm sure there's other wrestlers who have acted that we're forgetting.
2: Oh, there's many, like Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Who's a wrestler, I think. And also, of course, uh, in Japan, there's a movie called Osaka Wrestling Restaurant, which has most of the members of Osaka Pro in it, as well as Sammo Hung. What do you think about that?
0: I would watch that. I mean, I, 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 again, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but uh, I think there's <laughs> something about that that's kind of interesting that it's I would a get hooked on.
2: A lot more interesting than these sort of kind of weird star vehicles, which are supposed to play up the toughness of these characters. But, you know, Hollinger mentioned uh, in his little spiel about the history of wrestlers in film that he thought Stone Cold Steve Austin is pretty good. What did you think of Stone Cold Steve Austin's performance in this, Liam?
0: I did not enjoy him <laughs> in this movie. Uh, well, here's the thing. I think hearing you guys talk about it and I'd like to hear a little bit more about this. Uh-huh. He might be better in a role as like an older mentor who's not sort of believably being badass but is more like past his prime a little bit and you know maybe he does a couple things but he's you know sort of a gruff what like I I just felt like this role where I'm supposed to believe that he's taking on these. I mean, I guess you're right. He kind of fails most of the movie anyway, but, uh, (laughs) but it, I, I, I did not enjoy him in this particular film. And I don't know that I've seen him in anything else that I did appreciate him in. Like, I don't know what else I've seen where it's like, Oh, he was okay. in that, I don't have a list of those in my head.
2: Well, what about the expendables?
0: Oh, I, I hate those movies.
2: Uh, well, <laughs> you, you'll have an opportunity to talk about one of those movies in the future. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's so cool. Hollinger, what did you think of Stone Cold Steve Austin in this movie in particular?
1: In this movie, I like I said, I don't think he was particularly believable. I he There were parts when he wasn't being Rambo that he was kind of believable. <laughs> um, honestly, I... I think Steve Austin, to tie this back into the theme of the podcast, the kind of roles he should be getting are the roles that go to guys like Eric Roberts, the right. grizzled but weirdly charismatic heavy or the tough dad or you know shit like that. Don't call on him to be the, the badass action hero.
2: Yeah, he doesn't have the kind of charisma that necessarily reflects in a character like this, right? Where, I mean... That's, he's listened, more of a Bruce Willis than yeah, a Arnold Schwarzenegger Exactly, he should be kind of put upon And irritated, I think, was is a, is a better way to approach him I listen to his podcast every once in a while uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast And he's a bit of a weird guy, you know yeah. And I like that kind of weird element I wish instead of just being generic, tough guy, action hero That they could bring some of that kind of weird sense of humor that he has to it and That's another thing about this movie It's really oddly humorless the only real humor comes from the bad guys like uh like uh gil bellows is the uh, is the big baddie in this movie um and there's he has he has like sorry are you forgetting about steve austin's amazing one-liner when he kills gary daniels i am that is pretty good he he has a couple of good one-liners but it's funny because he only breaks them out when he starts getting his revenge in like the last 20 minutes of the movie
1: True, when they flip the switch and it turns into first blood He he gets a little more personality
2: I wish they had set up the bad guys for like 10 minutes And then it was like 80 minutes of him just tracking them down And killing them one by one That to me is entertainment I understand why they wouldn't want to do that But uh, yeah, this movie is... This movie, actually, its framework has the potential to be something good, and it actually is really good-looking. I think the setting of of these, uh, you know, the big uh, Vancouver... Well, not Vancouver, but these big British Columbia pine trees and all that shit surrounding them, like, really does seem very remote, kind of unique for an action movie like this, even compared to something like First Blood, which it's obviously trying to emulate in certain parts. It, it, it really does have a kind of a unique look to it that could have really worked for the movie, but unfortunately for me, it just didn't. That said, I just mentioned... First Blood What movie do you think Starting with you Hollinger This movie ripped off the most
1: I mean The obvious choice there I think is Cliffhanger Yes oh, Absolutely
2: yeah. Because it does have the baddies Forcing our good guy Who is an expert in the field Of everything that's around them uh, To help them find Some Well some uh, Stolen money in this case Money stolen by Colonel Ty From Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm.
1: Michael well, Hogan, yeah He was Michael Hogan. he was excellent in the five minutes He was actually in the movie
2: I'm guessing that Michael Hogan lives in Vancouver And was very easily available to come in for a day or two Almost uh, that's, certainly Almost certainly because not only him In a very brief appearance as the police officer That gets fucking murdered by the bad guys near the beginning Is this older gentleman who played the doctor on Battlestar Galactica But I know him as a Canadian Because he starred in mid-80s television classic on the CBC called Danger Bay and was a very recognizable figure in this country all throughout the 1980s because of that. But now whenever I see him in something like Battlestar Galactica or Hunt to Kill, I'm like, hey, it's that guy from Danger Bay. Liam, what movie did you think of most when watching Hunt to Kill?
0: It's interesting you bring that up. It I had not even thought about it. I was not even thinking, what is this ripping off? All I could focus <laughs> on was why does he keep making the worst decisions possible? Like, it, there's no moment where anything he does makes sense or or works out for him in a positive way. And really, it's only when he, like, basically throws an ATV at a guy does he seem like a badass to me in any way.
2: Now, what does he say before throwing an ATV at a guy?
0: I forget the exact line.
2: Well, let, I forget the exact uh, every word of it, but in, I'm sure he says... When I hunt, I hunt to kill.
0: (laughs) Any opportunity to say the name of a movie is is a good opportunity. That's good. That's a good opportunity. That's a good
2: opportunity. Uh, What did you think of the climax of this movie,
0: Hollinger? Uh,
2: It was
1: more entertaining than most of the middle. I'll give
2: it that. They started to put in a few wrestling moves. There's a clothesline or two in there.
1: The long fight between him and uh, Gil Bellows I thought was... Reasonably entertaining,
2: yeah. I don't know why the, a lot of the one on one fights up to that point were so bad. It obviously they could have done something with it. That one uses a lot more kind of props and shit around, but yeah, yeah, most of the hand to hand combat in actually both of the movies we're talking about today is total shit. But that final fight, I think, actually delivers. And it also, I love that Gil character, he just it's like he can't be killed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So. It, it felt like that at certain points Like, what ridiculous thing Are they going to have to do to get rid of this guy And it turns out it's smashing him against a wall With a with a Four-wheeler that's doing A wheelie That That's how you kill a guy like that
2: Now, sharp-eared listeners of Eric Roberts Is the Fucking Man may have noticed That we haven't really mentioned <laughs> <laughs> We haven't really mentioned Eric Roberts very much in our discussion Of Hunt to Kill The reason for that <clears throat> is that Eric Roberts is killed in the first 5 minutes of Hunt to Kill before they, the opening credits before the opening credits where they sort of establish that uh that Steve Austin was a US Border Patrol agent he, they encounter this uh abandoned meth lab or they think it's abandoned Eric Roberts is is like his friend and partner Steve Austin is the is the border patrol agent who's just about to retire uh in a classic reversal of the usual thing they go in there the place is empty they start to leave but all these uh, drug guys were hiding in the floor They come out It's a big firefight Eric Roberts gets shot to death And the whole thing then explodes In a combination okay explosion And some really whacked out CG That doesn't look very good <laughs> but, uh, but the most important thing about that sequence Is that before getting killed and blown up Eric Roberts gives Steve Austin the gift Of a very fancy watch Liam, what makes this watch so fancy?
0: Well, the band of the watch is a, is basically a, uh, a like a climbing rope woven in some sort of way that it fits on your wrist. But then you can unwound it and then you've got a rope to climb with, which then he uses in a very ineffective way and then gets punked <laughs> like a fucking loser. And, and then, you know, it's actually a total waste and then he doesn't even get to keep the watch.
2: I've seen these kind of watches these like survival watches before and and I you yeah, know you can always use a rope right uh, just like those awful boondocks ain't said but uh in this scene he rappels down the side of a cliff using this rope I understand that when woven together this rope is deceptively short looking on your wrist and longer in real life there's no fucking way that that wrist watch provided that much rope To allow him to repel Or at least a bald stunt double To repel up and down the side of that cliff But you're right, he got punked pretty significantly However, Hollinger, what did you think of that watch?
1: Uh, You know, it it was a very nice gift from Eric Roberts Uh, It was a touching moment when he he gave him his retirement gift And it came back to almost save his ass If he hadn't been such a fuck-up
2: What was your reaction, Hollinger When Eric Roberts was killed at the very beginning of this movie?
1: Well, I, I... had a feeling it was coming because I'd seen you comments about how much <laughs> Eric Roberts was in the movie. I didn't expect it to be quite that early. I was kind of weary about how the rest of the movie was gonna play out after knowing that Eric Roberts wasn't gonna be around anymore. but
2: I like how as soon as he's introduced, you're like you might not be sure that he's getting killed, though it's pretty clearly. Uh, it's pretty clear that that's going to happen But you certainly don't know how could he possibly fit into what's coming <laughs> And uh, and uh, the fact is he doesn't And um, even in terms of establishing Steve Austin as a badass As like a badass, especially a badass woodsman It doesn't really do it It actually is a little confusing The only reason that opening scene seems to exist Is to give him the watch that he uses in a very ineffective way later Liam O'Donnell, what did you think of Eric Roberts
0: in Hunt to Kill? That was a very frustrating thing. I mean, A, to have so little Eric Roberts really <laughs> makes me unhappy. B, the the opening scene had no weight for the plot of the film other than the watch. Like we don't we learn that he was a that the Steve Austin character was a border agent, though right. I didn't realize border agents were like flak jacketed, shotgun toting. <laughs> drug traffic fighters in such a crazy way but well, like we'll be in trump's america yeah apparently but uh <laughs> but what is him being a border agent have to do with them him being a mountain man they're actually I, completely I unrelated and then eric roberts death has no emotional or really like plot weight for the rest of the film i don't it just felt like eric roberts is there just to be eric roberts and it was a real it was not worth it for me.
1: Because also at the beginning of the movie, didn't it establish that that opening scene was taking place in Texas? I mean, he was working the Mexican border. So right. why the fuck is he suddenly an expert Montana man? he has he been up so there for what? It was five years later? How much could he have learned?
0: <laughs> yeah. Apparently, just living on the border uh, gives you skills in any wilderness environment, wherever you go.
1: If you've worked yeah, one was- border, you're an expert on all borders.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. You see, they raise up their bags up into the trees so, you know, wild animals don't get them. It's like, wow, it's like walking around with Survivor Man out here. <laughs> well, He knows everything.
0: What it did establish is that they're idiots, like, that he isn't good at making decisions, considering they declared this whole room clean, never thought to look like if something's <laughs> under the fucking trailer or anything, and then, like, just got his partner shot immediately, so. Hey, Steve, you think we should look at that hatch over there? No, I think it's okay. They didn't even establish him
1: as the like Badass in the situation It was Eric Roberts who's one to play yeah. Cowboy and go in there And Austin's like, well, let's call for backup Let's wait this out just in case
2: He was the cautious <laughs> one <laughs> I guess that's what he really learned Is to not be so cautious Especially when crossing the border into Canada And hopping on ATVs and whatnot uh, Yeah, this a uh, this, uh, Very strange movie, Hunt to Kill It, it does seem kind of confused about what, what it wants to be I think, by the way, that Eric Roberts is really only in that opening sequence For fans of The Expendables Which would have been very, I guess, fresh At this time that Hunt to Kill was made uh, Which also, of course, featured the two of them In it Um, Hunt to Kill, probably not worth Going out of your way to see If it's on Spike TV on a Saturday afternoon It probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to watch But if you only need to watch 20 minute segments Just watch the last 20 minutes Because that'll give you all you need Except for the first 10 minutes Which will give you the Eric Roberts content That both you and we need But now that we've gotten to the end of our discussion on Hunt to Kill We have to answer the question that we ask On every episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man Does this movie confirm or refute The idea, the very concept of the show that Eric Roberts is the fucking man Hollinger, you are our guest Eric Roberts, fucking man?
1: I think that Eric Roberts is the fucking man by proxy here He's the reason that Stone Cold Steve Austin was uh, able to save himself And the movie went dangerously downhill as soon as he exited the picture So for five minutes, Eric Roberts was the fucking
2: man Liam, do you agree?
0: I disagree. Uh, what I I strongly disagree. I feel like this this get out of here. I, I I just feel like he's in it for five minutes at the beginning. The character he plays is stupid. He basically ruined their really easy mission of seeing if there's any assholes in the trailer or not. No, this is not. This is not a. Good <laughs> Wait a event. second.
2: Wait a second here. It sounds like you're angry at the character. Not angry at Eric Roberts.
0: It just wasn't a role. I mean, the the question is, does the role support the hypothesis that he is the man? And I don't think it does. Certainly not in comparison to the other movie we're going to talk about. He in this in this role, anyone could have been that guy. And there's nothing that Eric Roberts brought to it. That was of the Eric – there's no Eric Roberts moment. There's no point where I'm like, oh, fucking yeah, Eric Roberts. It's literally the whole scene could have been cut from the movie and it wouldn't have mattered.
2: All right. All right. All right. Calm down, Liam. <laughs> Calm down.
0: I'm just defending myself here.
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to disagree with you, Liam, and say that like Hollinger, I was very upset when Eric Roberts exited this movie, and all I could think throughout the, say, middle third of the entire Production was that boy, I'd rather be watching a buddy cop movie starring Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> and Eric Roberts, you know, playing around at the border, or having some fun, maybe an action comedy. That would have worked for me. Hunt to Kill, not so much. But Eric Roberts is and always will be the fucking man. And Liam, you better watch yourself. You did make a blood oath. Uh, <laughs> so two for three. On this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man On this particular movie, Hunt to Kill But there's lots of grappling Lots of squared circle action Yet to come We're going to take a break And when we return, the great Randy Orton Stars in 2015's The Condemned 2 Join us after this Ray,
0: Do To the hammerlock
2: when we get there
1: ladies and gentlemen it's time to make a new wager
0: place your bets hey there cowboy i got a present for you i have to kill you will
2: the longer you live the more money i A former bounty hunter finds himself on the run as part of a revamped condemned tournament in which convicts are forced to fight each other to the death as part of a game that's broadcast to the public. Nope, that's not actually the plot of The Condemned 2, but the IMDb certainly seems to think it is. The Condemned 2 is the sequel to 2007's The Condemned starring Stone Cold Steve Austin, Uh, and that movie was basically a straight ripoff of battle royale, the Japanese movie with with hints of things like the Hunger Games, as you can imagine, uh, and um, and uh, the most dangerous game, the the classic hunting humans type concept, where it has a bunch of criminals on an island and it's being broadcast on the internet for a bunch of kill crazy teenagers. You know how they are, and um, they they basically let them loose. Except Stone Cold Steve Austin in that case was actually a U.S. Special Forces guy who was. Uh, Uh, Was caught during a mission And was actually under an assumed name So they didn't know that he was secretly a badass the whole time And remember during Hunt to Kill where I said I wish it was just him being like a badass And hunting them down the whole time That's mostly what The Condemned is It's a pretty good movie Now let's talk about The Condemned 2 from 2015 Starring professional wrestler Randy Orton Son of Cowboy Bob Orton And of course co-starring And legitimately co-starring in this case One Mr. Eric Roberts. Liam, let's start with you this time. The Condemned 2, what did you think? Uh, You
0: know, there, there are some problems with the movie. Uh, mm. Most of them relate to, I guess, what you would call it is uh, the plot uh, yes. in that none of the motivations or events or a lot of the meat of the movie, it doesn't make sense. But here's here's what I will say. I watched this <laughs> immediately after watching Hunt to Kill. And uh at the very least this movie has a lot more shooting and explosions and sure. weird one-liners and eric roberts being fucking awesome so uh i liked it i i just it ended and i was like well oh, that was fine you know it's it's not something i would have ever watched if we had not taken a blood oath to watch these movies <laughs> but uh it, you know it's it's a sort of thing that if if i was perhaps younger and a fan of Mr. Orton, I could see myself ignoring the flaws and saying, "Oh, that was that was good, yeah, uh, Orton." For me, I didn't even know which one <laughs> of these guys was a wrestler. Uh, they all look like wrestlers to me. I don't know. Bunch of bunch <laughs> none of, of them really
2: take their shirts off or
0: anything. Yeah. So how are you supposed to tell? They're right? just all giant white dudes. I don't know. They're 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 doing their thing. None of them can act. It's great. And uh, and uh, the only real issue is that it's not really clear why things are happening at yeah. all. Until midway through the movie. And then when it's like made clear, it, it's not you're just like, why would you do that? There's why not? Why go about this? way? I mean, it's basically a revenge plot. And it's the sort of it's it's in some way related to to getting revenge and also continuing a legacy. And it's the worst possible way to do it at this point. Why even go this route? Why not just kill the guy instead of going this complicated way of getting it done?
2: Now, I should have mentioned at the beginning that this is directed by Roel Rene, who is the director of. He's, he's the go to director for straight to video sequels. He's directed The Marine 2, Death Race 2, 12 Rounds 2, The Man with the Iron Fists 2. Yes, they made a sequel to that piece of shit. And soon upcoming, Hard Target 2. Yes, a sequel to the John Woo movie Hard Target, directed by this guy. And it's also from the writer of the classic Halloween 4 and the more classic. Ballistic, X vs. Sever One of the fucking worst movies In history, Hollinger what did you think of The Condemned 2?
1: I will be honest with you I had to read a couple Reviews after I saw The movie just to mm-hmm. figure out what The fuck it was about
2: Now then I, you might be able to help us with a couple Of the <laughs> fucking details Okay so Before we, we you, you actually Elaborate on that let me just explain the plot In a little bit more detail so Randy Orton is the leader of this squad Of bounty hunters and they fuck up at the very Beginning and he ends up Like they all end up losing their jobs And Randy Orton um, Encounters one of his Crew later on like a six months Later I guess and he tries to kill Him uh, tries to kill Randy Orton And that we discover Is because the, uh, the the Sidekick or the number one Next to the baddie that they they fucked up With at the very beginning he has started this Gambling casino Where rich people watch the This this uh, ongoing Bout where they have these people who are Fighting to the death and bet on it But all the people involved in it in this case They're not criminals like in the first Condemned They're all members of his crew So he's I guess gone to each of them separately And threatened them in some way And made them all go after Randy Orton's Character named Will Tanner So he's basically fighting off his own Crew of bounty hunters The question is Why the fuck are they so malleable to the idea of murdering a guy who was a friend of theirs? And Hollinger, do you know anything about that?
1: That part, I I never was able to figure out. It it said that uh, the the way they fucked up at the beginning, they were busting up this casino where some big casino boss was having people bet on homeless people killing each other, some bullshit.
2: And it, the most boring bet possible, <laughs> yeah. with it, right? It's just like which one of these guys are going to die first. And they weren't fighting each yeah. other; they were just sitting there. And one of them would eventually. They die. were being
1: poisoned by IV, yeah, and yeah. it was which one of them will die first. But uh <laughs> yeah, so they fucked up. They kill this guy, and Stephen Michael Quezada, his like number two, wants a revenge. And right. so I mean, they said it was blackmailing randy orton's crew and to killing him i don't recall any sort of blackmail i don't remember any specifics
0: (laughs) see okay so the first guy he's very clear they're gonna kill my family which the reason it's confusing is that they never solve that issue he gets killed by randy orton and it's not clear that now his family isn't gonna die randy orton doesn't give a fuck like he's just like Someone's going to kill your family. I don't care. You're dead. And that's it. That's the end of the discussion. And then it gets even more confusing when another one of the crew is like, yeah, they told me to do it, but I'm not going to. And I'm like, well, does that mean your family's dead? Did you just <laughs> choose Randy Orton over your family? What is going on right now?
2: I like that. And this is going right to the end of the movie. But so Stephen Michael Quezada, who's the the bad guy in this movie, and he is. He's, he's straight from a different movie Because everyone in this movie Is for the most part Except for uh, Eric Roberts Playing this stuff like totally straight While Stephen Michael Kezada Is like way way over the top And he's from you, People will probably recognize him as, uh, as one of the supporting players On Breaking Bad There's a partner at the end of this movie Where he's like If Will Tanner Played by Randy Orton If he ends up winning this thing Like he can't cover all the bets So he's gonna put himself <laughs> In this competition Which makes all the people betting on it They're like Yeah go do that which leads to a hand-to-hand combat scene between Randy Orton who's like 6-6 and this guy who looks like he's like 5-8 and we're like even in the context of this movie Randy Orton's character is supposed to be like a badass bounty hunter and we're supposed to think that they're going to have like a close fight it is it they, there's no way they could shoot that that wouldn't look completely ridiculous but the weird thing i found about the fact that he had to fight his own Friends is that they seem to take so much Glee in trying to kill a friend of theirs Right because they had to really establish That these guys because you know Certainly in the context of how I described It shouldn't all of his men be really Sympathetic they're they're doing it against their Will right they don't want to see their families killed So they're really really reluctant and are trying You know they have to kill Randy Orton's character Who's a friend of theirs but they seem like Totally into it especially that sniper guy Who's just like oh gotta run over here by the way The worst sniper in the goddamn world he misses every fucking time.
0: He doesn't uh, even, they, literally, he doesn't even get close some of the times. <laughs> yes. He's shooting like pieces of fruit that aren't even close to them <laughs> as opposed to them.
2: It's a, it's, it is a really, it's not boring, I wouldn't say, because like you said, Liam, there's lots of explosions, there's lots of gunplay. It's just kind of ponderous because it doesn't go anywhere. But the reason I had the most difficulty with it had to do with the lead, and that's Mr. Randy. Orton. Now, uh, I've never been a particular fan of Randy Orton as a professional wrestler. I think he is capable of having quality matches, but I don't think of him as being like a particularly charismatic guy. But in this movie, I don't know if it's because he's underwritten, because he really has nothing to do here, or if it's just that he just doesn't bring anything to the table, but I just didn't care for Will Tanner as a character, I just didn't give a shit about him. I don't care if he lived or died. Why should I why does that matter? He doesn't even have like a family outside of Eric Roberts who who wasn't in any danger at all anyway. So it was really hard to get emotionally invested. What do you think of Randy Orton Hollinger? You know, I, I won't go as
1: far as you did. I mean he was not particularly Good here there were flashes Where I was thinking okay if this Was a better written movie <laughs> He could potentially have Something here but Yeah it did not give him much To do it was all you know There was no heavy dialogue It was all just kind of Mumbling and
2: I mean, There's no opportunities for him to emote yeah. In the whole movie right because none of his friends Like the friends who would normally They die and he'd feel sad about it none of them Die they all make it till the end
1: yeah, a, it's a really... good portion of his dialogue was just the exposition in the movie, and there wasn't was like, what's going on?
2: That? There's like a whole forty five minutes of why are you trying to kill me? Yeah. What is going on? Uh, yeah, it's it's a really it's strange, and I can see what Liam is saying too. How would you know he's a pro wrestler? He doesn't. He's not particularly physical in the way like the the hand to hand combat stuff, which isn't very. Uh, there isn't a lot of it in this movie. Most of it is gunplay. It's not very good or very interesting. He doesn't do any pro wrestling moves, which you might say, well, good. But why the fuck you got a pro wrestler in there if he's not at least going to do an RKO on the bad guy at the end? He just
0: that, that would just happen. one moment where he does the move, just something. Yeah, there's no, there. I don't know how this, other than the fact that he's in it. How does this movie cater at all to his? wwe audience like his fan base it doesn't really at all it's just like see a movie where he spends most of the movie going hey what's going on oh and eric roberts (laughs) makes him looks like a asshole and that's it like there's no place for him to shine even if even if the way that he sort of does his thing to me is lame or stupid he should at least have that moment and there's nothing like that there's nothing even close to that and in fact the kind of movie doesn't really support
2: him doing that right because again it's it's played strangely seriously, considering how ridiculous it is that 's the thing about the condemned one is that it seemed to recognize the 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 goofiness of its premise and so it had like some of the people on the island there there's a lot of humor throughout it it's not a comedy, but it certainly was able to 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 balance a lot of those moments. but this movie outside again of Eric Roberts is just such a slog. But what that means, of course, is that every time Eric Roberts shows up, you're like, yes, thank you, somebody seems to actually give a shit, and that's another weird thing about The Condemned 2, Eric Roberts, he seems to be giving a shit, he seems to be having a good time, which is so nice to see in a 2015 Eric Roberts movie let's start with you hollinger what did you think of eric roberts in the condemned 2
1: eric roberts and steven michael quezada were the only two people that seemed to understand how ridiculous the movie was and i will give them both props for that eric roberts was probably the best part of the movie my i, I won't say it was my favorite scene because my favorite scene was something really stupid at the end but my uh-huh. second favorite scene was eric roberts when uh When the guy shows up pretending to be a private investigator and he wants to go for a drive with Randy Orton, after the guy gets in the car, Eric Roberts kind of just slides in front of the passenger door and assumes a buffalo stance and, and is, like, trying to talk his son out of doing this. And it was so ridiculous, I couldn't help but laugh.
2: I love that that scene is based on the premise, okay, that friend of yours who was in your crew, he just tried to kill you for no reason at all. Now this other guy who you haven't seen for months and months shows up out of the blue, and he wants to take you to an undisclosed location And you're just going to go And he thinks it's going to be fine And of course he tries to kill him Once he gets to that location and Especially because the guy's acting like all all twitchy Right from the very beginning What, Hollinger, was your favorite moment featuring Eric Roberts?
1: Well, uh, my, my favorite moment wasn't really an Eric Roberts moment It was the very final shot of the movie As it's panning away from them And Going into the credits, a random fucking truck just explodes in the background. (laughs) Like, we had to get one last explosion on this motherfucker, and we're out of time. So let's just do it here.
2: There is a scene near the end of this movie where Eric Roberts has, like, a grenade launcher. And he's just wandering around, blowing shit up with it. And it it really was peak Eric Roberts there, just for a few minutes. Liam, what? Sorry? beautiful. It was beautiful.
0: Liam, what did you think of Eric Roberts in The Condemned Oh my god. <laughs> I it just, I think it stood out to me because we had such a dearth of Eric Roberts in the other movie right? that then going from that to this, I was so stoked. And, you know, it might have also helped that no one else in the movie was doing anything for, for I mean, a few other people, but no one to the extent of Eric Roberts much with him. So the fact that You're watching these dudes just kind of be like, oh, what's going on? And then Eric Roberts is like (laughs) being funny and weird and doing whatever. It just it really kind of stood out for me. And I, you know, it was kind of my favorite part of the what was going on in the movie was Eric Roberts, like getting a chance to strut around to shoot off some guns to have some ridiculous one liners to be the only motherfucker who thought, hey, maybe we should shoot the fucking drone. Huh? You think maybe the drone is related to what's happening right now? I guess that was the one thing that consistently bothered me about the movie: is Randy Orton's character was so fucking stupid. Like, I, I, I know, like we were saying, like, well, the movie's confusing, but I actually really thought, like, after the second time someone tries to kill him, he should have, like put the entire thing together i just feel like it should have connected for him but he's just like man yeah i don't know that's weird i I think the
1: first guy that tried to kill him his explanation just saying oh kids love these things they're everywhere i think randy orton just bought into that a little too hard
2: yeah (laughs) they're in the middle they're in a diner in the middle of the desert and there's just a drone outside their window just hovering there
0: (laughs) but it's like there's so many there's so many uh things that happen after that even that like the fact that it takes till that point and it's eric roberts who goes i'll shoot the fucking drone it's like that didn't occur (laughs) to anyone else not a single one of y'all was like yo we should probably shoot that drone they just let it hang out just let the drone hang out do what it's got to do
2: my one of my favorite moments in the movie and it's particularly stupid is when that female um uh cop comes out and the sniper is, is trying to kill Randy Orton So he's hiding behind like a, a big piece of rock And she's out there And he's like, look, there's a guy with a sniper rifle Trying to kill me And she just won't shut up and say Put the gun down, sir Sir, come out, sir And he's like, if you take another step, he's going to kill you She's like, put it down she's, like, she's not entertaining for a second That that could possibly be the case And when she gets shot Like, her entire midsection just explodes It is ridiculous By the way, at one point in this movie as well Randy Orton gets shot And there's a quick shot of his back afterwards And we're told that the shot went right through Lucky him, didn't hit any major organs And the wound on the back Looks like his entire... Like his entire circulatory system could just fall out through the back of it. It's this huge hole in his back, and he's just like, "Here's some painkillers. You'll be okay for the rest of the movie." And he was. He was fine. To be fair, Eric Roberts probably has some really potent painkillers. Yeah, I would. I would say so. Now, did either of you feel that the ending of the movie was setting up a potential sequel? God, I hope not. I thought that was the only reason that it. it I thought it was really strange that both of Eric Roberts' buddies. One of them uh, refuses to hunt him down and kill him The other one was trying to kill him But because Eric Roberts uh, Eric Roberts, sorry uh, Because Randy Orton saves his life He decides to join the crew again And help to, uh, I guess it's Like you said, Liam, I guess his family's gonna be okay Or something um, And uh, and at the end They all survive, which was so strange But uh, But even Eric Roberts brings up the idea Of like a father and son, bounty hunting company So expect In 2017, The Condemned Three Featuring the crew of Eric Roberts and Son Doing some bounty hunting And then ending up on some sort of weird television show I will agree with the both of you I really liked Eric Roberts in this movie He brings uh, the levity that God the rest of the movie could have really used He seems to be having such a good time And I will say that even though I didn't enjoy this movie as a whole that the climax of it, it really does get very explosive in a pleasing way Like they just blow the shit out of everything There are these barrels that fly into the air exploding And I'm like, you know what? If I was a kid, I could probably get into this That said, I did not come out of this movie thinking any better of Randy Orton than when I started I didn't think of him as having any sort of star power I didn't think of him as more of a, of like a tough guy Because he played a semi-tough guy in this movie It doesn't even really come off as that tough Uh, so it doesn't really do its job Before we talk about whether, and I think we already know the answer Whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man or not I do want to mention that The Condemned 2 is from WWE Studios So unlike Hunt to Kill, uh, but like The Condemned 1 Which actually was the biggest money loser ever released by WWE Studios And yeah, they still made a sequel to it (laughs) That's Vince McMahon for you, um this, uh, this is part of their series of pretty much all straight-through video action movies uh, starring one or more of their actors. Do either of you have a favorite WWE Studios movie? Liam, I'm not sure if you're, you have one that, uh, that you could even refer to, but is there any that, that come to mind?
0: I couldn't even name another one of the WWE straight, which is the, not to say that I haven't seen them. I just don't know what my options are and if I've seen them or not.
2: Now there is the, the Suska sisters made the movie, uh, see no evil two. No, thank you. With, with, I've I've heard Uh, that the
1: evil movies are actually decent. I have not seen either
2: of them. They're extremely violent. So that's almost as good as being good. I, I, I like to say, uh, WWE studios also did. Um, Oh God, I can't remember the name of it. It's, I saw it at the Toronto International Film Festival, believe it or not, and it's from the director of the movie Versus, the Japanese movie. I don't know if either of you have seen that yeah. one before. Also the director of the Phoenix Wright live-action movie. Um, but uh, the, the movie was done by WWE Studios, and the, the concept of it was great, which was that these uh, this group of bad guys, they end up kidnapping a... Like a spree killer By mistake they're, they're like on the run And they kidnap this guy They think that he's just Like a total patsy But he ends up being Almost like a um A psychotic Almost a Hannibal Lecter Type character And he proceeds then To kill all these bad guys uh, And it 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 has an interesting concept And a decent cast But the movie itself Is not very good Just like this movie, but uh, Hollinger, do you have a favorite WWE Studios movie? Um,
1: I, I won't say that it was a good movie, but uh, just last year they they released Twelve Rounds Three with with Dean really? Ambrose, and he was very good in it. He's got that weird like intensity that I think could play in a better written movie. But sure. this is, I mean, it's kind of like uh, you know, it's it's all shot in one building. They're locked down, and he's got people trying to hunt him down. It, you know, kind of a the raid type of situation But not nearly okay. as violent or entertaining But uh, it's it's worth seeing just for his performance, I think
2: I heard the first Marine movie is actually pretty good I haven't seen it I did end up seeing 12 Rounds in theater And, and boy, that is not any good at all uh, It was really, really bad In fact, a total ripoff of uh, Die Hard uh, 3, of all things Even though it was directed by Rennie Harlan Who directed Die Hard 2 Confusing. Anyway, uh, I guess uh, our feelings on WWE Studios' releases are rather mixed. However, I'm actually very curious about seeing Dean Ambrose as the lead in a action movie. Gentlemen, we have come to the end of our conversation of The Condemned 2. Starting with you, Liam. Eric Roberts, the fucking man, or no? You better redeem yourself, sir.
0: Oh, yeah. 100% the man in this movie. Like, uh, everything about him... Uh, even in the midst of some of the worst parts of the movie, shines out. (laughs) So, yeah, I really appreciated him in this movie. All
2: right, Hollinger, let's end on a positive note. What do you think? Absolutely.
1: In this movie, Eric Roberts is the fucking man.
2: And let's make that... Wait a a minute, minute, wait a minute. Well, okay.
0: WWE Studios did the rundown? Yeah. Okay. That's a good movie. Can I take back what I said? WWE Studios is fucking great. I love that movie. That's <laughs> one of I my know, favorite like movies. That.
1: I've seen a lot of people say good things about it. Maybe I need to check it out.
2: And of course that movie in I think outside of the US and Canada it's known as Welcome to the Jungle. It's got a different title. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh and I guess it stars The Rock and Sean William Scott. Is that correct? I haven't seen it myself, but like yourself Hollinger, I've heard that it's actually it's really directed good.
1: by Peter Berg. Interesting.
2: Yeah, let's just
1: that.
0: it <laughs> might it might actually be my favorite uh, Dwayne Johnson movie, which is now that which is five uh, so I have this weird thing where I hate all of the Fast and Furious movies and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I like to talk shit on them with any rationality just over the top take a shit just because so many people love them so much
2: well I've got some bad news for you because I just heard this is breaking news that Eric Roberts has been cast in the new Fast and the Furious God movie <laughs> Now, actually, before we finish up on The Condemned 2, and I will say, by the way, of course, Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I forgot to mention on the Roberts report that just recently, uh, Eric Roberts was asked if he was going to be in Sharktopus 3, which is currently being made by the Asylum for future release. And he was very enthusiastic about being, possibly, in Sharknado 3, but he said he was not asked to be in it, possibly because he was in the movie Sharktopus which, again, we'll be covering on a future episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking so man So he has no so
1: connection it, to the Sharknado series?
2: No, no, completely different And so property.
1: someone just randomly asked him Are you going to be in this terrible movie? Because you're Eric Roberts oh, yes. and you're contractually mm-hmm. obligated to be in every bad movie?
2: Okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely And And he was very enthusiastic about the idea So what I'm saying to listeners right now Is if you want Eric Roberts to be in Sharknado 3 That you should tweet The Asylum Look him up on Twitter And tell them to put Eric Roberts in the movie Because if Eric Roberts wants to be in Sharknado 3 Eric Roberts should be in Sharknado 3 Why the fuck wouldn't you want him to be in Sharknado 3 What's your problem, right? Or at least there's also a Sharknado kind of spin-off About, uh, uh, I think, about tr- Lava Tarantulas Called, like, Lava Lanchula, I think And th- those stars Steve Gutenberg And also co-star... Some of his co stars from the police academy movies. I swear to God, this is true. I need to watch those. Yeah, like, like there's, I think there's two of them now. There's a second one coming out this year. And they all have like various cast members from the police academy movies as supporting characters in these movies. So everyone has to check those out. So let's either get uh, Eric Roberts in a uh, Sharknado movie or one of those lava tarantula movies uh, post haste. Eric Roberts and Steve Gutenberg together again after uh, Fast Racer, right? Right, Liam? Yep. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Episode 22. Let's take our final break. And when we come back, we will find out what's going on with Liam and Hollinger. That'll be right after this. <laughs>
0: Off each other sure make one with
1: expectations, on
2: two more wrestling related classics on this episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking man 2010's hunt to kill and the condemned 2 from 2015 i want to thank Mr. Matt Hollinger, for joining us And bringing his pro-wrestling expertise To our criticism of these two wonderful movies today And, in fact, being involved in the choosing process Though there really wasn't much to choose from The only other movie that Eric Roberts has done with the wrestler Is The Expendables, which, of course, we have to save For another special occasion Matt, thank you so much
1: Thank you for having me, It it was a lot of fun
2: You know, Matt and I, we've actually known each other For, I would say, probably like Thirteen, fourteen years, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's
1: definitely got to be close to fifteen at this point.
2: Yeah, and this is the first time we've ever spoken.
1: Yeah, I. I this is the first uh, non uh, non chat room conversation that we've we've ever had. This is this is groundbreaking here.
2: It is groundbreaking. But Matt, thank you again for being on. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If people want to check out more about Hollinger and what you do and what you're about. What's the best way to do uh, so?
1: Probably the best way to follow my idi- idiocy is on uh, Twitter. Uh, it's just at Hollinger. Uh, otherwise, you know, there's a lot of wrestling-related things throughout the Midwest. Uh, this summer... Uh,
2: Let's hear some of them. I want to know, what are these federations that you, you do color commentary? But,
1: and The biggest thing we've got coming up uh, is the... Uh, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, the George Tragos Luthes Museum as part of the uh, Dan Gable Museum in Waterloo, Iowa. Our annual inductions are taking place uh, July 21st through the 23rd. Uh, This year we're going to have the Iron Sheik, Tully Blanchard, Bob Backlund, Lex Luger, Magnum TA, Dave Meltzer, and Chael Sonnen uh, being inducted. There will be a live taping of the Jim Ross Ross Report podcast. There will be professional wrestling talent evaluations by Jerry Briscoe and J.J. Dillon. Uh, there will be an, a Q&A session with Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter and Wade Keller of the Figure Four Weekly Newsletter. Uh, there will be a pro wrestling show that Friday night from Impact Pro Wrestling out of Iowa. Uh, we'll also be joined by several other friends of the museum like Jim Ross, Larry Hennig, uh, who else? Terry Funk's going to be there. Uh, Baron Raschke always shows up. It's it's always a great time. Uh, there'll be, there's a big formal banquet at the end of the weekend for the actual Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, you can find out more information on, about that at NWO, or, I'm sorry nwhof.org, National Wrestling Hall of Fame.
2: And we, of course, will link that in the show notes as well. That actually sounds like a very fun event, especially for fans of classic professional wrestling. Liam O'Donnell, I know you're not a fan of classic professional wrestling. Probably a lot of those names didn't mean anything to you, except, of course, the Iron Cheek, who would love to break your back, make you humble, and fuck your ass.
0: Uh, Liam. <laughs> Liam, what do you have going on? Uh, well, as usual, uh, people can find most of what I have going on at Cinepunks uh, dot com. We actually uh, should have up tomorrow our new T-shirt store put together by one Mister mm-hmm. Douglas Tilly. So. Uh, th- I think you did most of the work <laughs> on that one.
2: And now that I know that you work for a place that makes t shirts, it all makes a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so, thank you for putting that together. Uh, but I also want to hype two other things. Uh, one is, uh, you know, I work with uh, This is Hardcore Fest in Philly, and we're announcing our lineup in a couple weeks. So, I would encourage people to keep their eyes out for that. Uh, I can't obviously spoil anything but i think the lineup this year is pretty stellar so if you at all enjoy that form of musical entertainment uh keep an eye out for it and then i also write uh i haven't as much regularly but i do write a lot for a website called synapse that's c-i-n-a-p-s-e uh dot co um and basically they were you know they were the folks who first asked me to write uh, about movies for them as opposed to me just posting my opinions on fucking <laughs> Tumblr or some shit. So I really appreciate them even though I haven't had a chance. This is sort of me making up for the fact that I haven't written anything for them for a while. I'm like <laughs> plugging them. You should read that website even though I've been slacking uh, for a while now.
2: Yes, you definitely should do that. And I think actually that's actually linked through your Twitter feed as well, which is at – Liam Rules, R-U-L-Z. Yeah, the proper correct, spelling
0: of rules, please. Liam Rules. And of course,
2: you can... What the fuck oh no! That? Is that a phone call? What the Who fuck? the show? Okay, we got to start again. Welcome to Eric Roberts' is The Fucking Man, episode number 22. <laughs> Sorry, I, I am <laughs> no.
0: podcasting from my parents' house in Collingswood, New Jersey, and I guess they got a phone call.
2: Jersey, eh? You got to get out of there, just like Bruce Springsteen always damn it. said. Mm-hmm. All right. Suicide machines. No, what- yeah, knock anyway. it off. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you can of course find my work over at dailygrindhouse.com You can find my uh, writing, also uh, my local writing here to Peterborough at uh, electriccitymagazine.com dot I believe uh, you can find me on Twitter at doug underscore Tilly That's T I L L E. Why? And you can find my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, over at NoBudgetPodcast.com. But of course, if you want to find out more about Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, you can go to man.com, Check out all of our older episodes and subscribe on iTunes or whatever is your bag. Also follow it on Twitter at, at E-R-I-T-F-M for all the latest Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man news. Also go over to Facebook uh, and do a search for Eric Roberts is the Man, and you can join our Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man Facebook Group get all the behind the scenes Dirt dirt and links Do that today but that's it We're all done we've talked all the Eric Roberts We're allowed to talk about I've looked at Our meter and our Eric Roberts meter is On zero so we have to finish up Today want to thank again Matt Hollinger For joining us I want to thank as always The hardcore hardcore Legend himself (laughs) Liam O'Donnell (laughs) <laughs> Don't worry Liam We're not going to be playing One of your songs At the end of this episode the You one could, are an inhuman monster I, about I am an inhuman monster He will be joining us again Next time With two other Eric Roberts movies Have a good night everybody You can say that too
0: <laughs> Have a good night That either. too <laughs> <laughs> Eric Roberts is a fucking man Eric Roberts is a fucking man Eric Roberts is the fucking man Eric If there's anything that you can do, A-Ride Robbers fucking can